0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the White House Advisor and today we're going to be talking a little bit about basketball, specifically about the Los Angeles Lakers with a little bit of reference to the Detroit Pistons after a fight broke out in last Sunday's game at Detroit's home arena, Little Caesars Caesar's Arena. I mean, it was was truly remarkable. So during the third quarter of the game with the Lakers down quite a lot to the uh, 4-11 then Detroit Pistons so one of the worst teams in the league and you have the Lakers who obviously have title aspirations considering the players they have on their team in Anthony Davis, LeBron James and to an extent Russell Westbrook um, whilst battling for a rebound from a free throw LeBron James kind of flails his arm and I don't think I think flails by the wrong word because I think there was some intention in it and he hits only 20-year-old Isaiah Stewart in the face with his flailing arm. I think there's a little bit of intention to it. I think he did mean to do it, but not as seriously as he did. And uh, Stewart starts to bleed from his eyes, and he gets upset about it, which I think is really interesting, just at a simple point, the way he got upset about it, because there's a lot of players, and I commend him in a way, because there's a lot of players, as 20-year-olds, you know, Isaiah Stewart's two, two weeks younger than me. I can't imagine me doing this, but he had the kind of the cojones... To stand up to LeBron James, I think a lot of people of that age would have, you know, completely admired LeBron James, would have been in total awe, and obviously he's in his second year in the league now, so he has been around the block at least once. But he, he, you know, he he took it seriously. He wasn't going to let LeBron walk all over him, and they started jawing, and obviously players got in between them before it really escalated badly. He was really upset, blood gushing from his eyes. And he's going to get in a lot of trouble, and. LeBron didn't want any of it. LeBron didn't want to fight at all. And I don't blame him because Stewart was furious. He was furious. And like I said, I give him some respect for standing up to LeBron, but he didn't handle himself well, I don't think, it ultimately. So everybody's going at it. They're trying to split it up. You've got team officials, police officers, security guards, coaches trying to get in between the players, specifically LeBron and Stewart. Like I said, LeBron didn't want to fight, he didn't want any part of it, so he goes and like walks away, but Stewart is having to be held back by his teammates and all this staff, and he kind of gives the fake out, like, okay, I'm done with it, I'm going to walk away. And then he runs back, and he's like an American footballer, he absolutely piles through all of these you know, these members of staff, just barging him to the floor to try and get to LeBron, and he does it to quite a few, until he eventually gets stopped, and then he's hauled off the court, and... I mean, it was incredible. We haven't seen anything like that in the NBA for quite a while. Um, both players were ejected. Only the second ejection of LeBron's career. If you don't know what an ejection is, it's the equivalent of a sending off in basketball, equivalent of a red card. But yeah, it was a really interesting incident. And obviously, the Lakers then would rally, even without LeBron, to win the game and go even for the season at nine and nine. And I think it's. I think it has got the potential to serve as a catalyst for the Lakers this season, but I don't say that too optimistically because of how tumultuous LeBron teams typically are. So I think we could turn this into a bigger conversation of what we expect the Lakers to do this season and whether or not, as has been mentioned in the media and has been the narrative so far this season, whether or not they're too old to compete. I think the one thing we must acknowledge with LeBron now, unlike the rest of his career, is that injuries are a thing. Before the last, what, two years, LeBron James had been a freak of nature, had never really suffered a serious injury in his whole career, Well, which at least took him out of games and seriously affected the way he played and the way it has done since. You know, you'd see him go down, you go, it's LeBron, he'll get up, he'll be fine, you know, he walks on water, that kind of thing, you know, etc, etc. But... With the 2018-19 season, his season was halted with injuries and in a Lakers team that was going nowhere. 2019-20, he got away with it, but there's an interesting way of looking at it that the bubble and COVID kind of set LeBron up perfectly to go for another title run. Whereas, you know, the 80, the rigours of an 82-game season and the subsequent playoffs, obviously that was destructed by COVID. And he managed to have this big layoff, this month's break, and he was able to amp up and put himself in the best position physically to go out and just tear apart the NBA for those two months to win a title and it kind of settled perfectly for him in a way if I'm honest as a 35 year old then you know LeBron nobody takes better care of the body than LeBron James in the NBA I don't think you know considering that he's 36 years old and he's still this good no one has ever been like this before but having that time off it kind of allowed him the opportunity to rest and really work his way up and amp himself up to be able to peak in this short period rather than being stuck in the congested schedule Last year, obviously, it was trauma-based because it was due to Solomon Hill doing a dirty play, no other way around it, which injured LeBron's ankle and he was never the same for the rest of the year, never got back fully fit, and obviously Anthony Davis was injured uh, simultaneously, so it complicated the Lakers' season and they went out in the first round and deservedly so. And obviously, he's just had this thing that's ruled him out for the past two weeks. He's now back from injury, but I think it's one thing we must acknowledge in assessing this Lakers team as a potential title winner is that LeBron James now, at his age, and the minutes he's played over almost a 20-year career in the NBA, we have to acknowledge that injuries are now a thing. He is not superhuman. He's not supernatural anymore. We have to acknowledge that injuries are a thing, and I think that's one of the first important establishments we have to make in assessing the Lakers', Lakers title credentials because I'm a huge LeBron fan. LeBron is my favourite NBA player ever. But even I have come to the realisation that this is now a real thing. And I still think he's one of the three best players in the league at worst. Because, you know, we do this all the time. We write off LeBron as, you know, oh, he's now the eighth best player in the league. And then he comes back and he, you know, he proves you wrong. He's done it so many times now. You try and knock him off the top and he comes back. So I'm not going to count him out. But I simply have to say that we have to acknowledge that injuries are now a thing. And it's very much a possibility that this will hamper the Lakers towards the end of the season and the playoffs itself. And I think another thing that obviously has to be addressed is the up-and-down nature of Russell Westbrook. Obviously started the season in horrific fashion. He was awful, was really good in that game against Detroit, led the Lakers and brought them back from, what, 15 points down to win the game by, was it four or five points? I'm not sure now, but... Yeah, this is this is Russell Westbrook all over, especially in the last couple of years. It always starts off badly in seasons and then he peaks in the springtime. Same happened in Washington and Houston. He starts badly as he fits in on these new teams, and then he eventually ingrains himself and he gets better. No other way around it. Washington went on a big run last year. Westbrook was a big part of that. But ultimately, as we get then get towards the end of the season, it then all tails off again. And then when it gets to the playoffs, I mean, he's untenable as, a, as a, a good basketball player, really, as you know the player he is during the regular season. He can't be that player in the playoffs simply because of the style of the play and the way it runs. I could understand why the Lakers did it. I could understand easing the burden on LeBron Nancy Davis and having these having this guy who can get you through these games, can carry the ball, dribble it up the court, and simply go on runs like the Lakers did last night under his stewardship as the point guard. But ultimately, when you get into those closing moment, moments of when it really matters, in the playoffs, I'm not sure what Russell Westbrook will do for this team because the ball will be in LeBron James's hands, and that's where it should be. Will the, uh, Russell Westbrook learn to cut off the ball? Will he learn to apply himself in a better way? You would like to think so, but I'm not sure he will because he's showed no sign of doing that throughout the rest of his career. Like I said, I understand why the Lakers did it, but it's complicated, obviously. I think he's going to get better for the Lakers and I'm think i pretty sure that in two months' time there's going to be a lot of discourse going around talking about how amazing Russell Westbrook is for the Lakers. I'm I'm entirely confident that will happen because that is the pattern with him. In terms of the rest of the roster, I think age is an obvious thing that you can't ignore. We've never had an NBA team as old as this, I don't think, and especially one that's trying to win a title that you know, has to win a title with LeBron James at its focal point. That's what he demands. You've got to put a team around me capable of winning a championship. And I think that's also shown in the injuries that they've had early on. Obviously, it hasn't just been the, the older players in the team that have got injuries. You know, the younger guys have as well. Horton Tucker missed the start of the season. Austin Reeves, the rookies, missed a good portion. It isn't just the old players. So there's been a bit of bad luck there, but... Look at the roster. It is impossible to ignore the amount of players in that thirty-three onwards region. Your Dwight Howard, your Trevor Ariza, your Carmelo Anthony, your LeBron, obviously Rondo. All these guys. It's never been like this on a team before. And obviously, it's crazy to see all of these players on one team. It's kind of perverse in a way that all this talent is stacked in one way. But we haven't got the prime versions, of course. You know, Rondo's just a guy on the bench to give veteran leadership. But... And I'm not sure if the bridge has kind of passed the Lakers to win a title, to be honest. If, you know, they've passed the bridge because they've got to figure this out some way. And I think Kendrick Nunn can be a big part of that. Kendrick Nunn was awful in the finals against the Lakers in 2020. He was dreadful for Miami. And I don't think they were going to win that series regardless, but he really didn't help them. But I think he could be a good player for the Lakers some ball handling off the bench and some extra, you know, scoring power. But. This team's a couple of moves away. I think it's going to have to take someone, you know, in 2018 when uh, the Cavs had their team and it was all messed up and you had all these older guys like Dwayne Wade and there was Jade Crowder and it wasn't working out and Derek Rose and all these mishmash of guys, which is, I think, similar to what the Lakers roster looks like now, to make a couple of moves at the deadline to get younger players. They probably lost more talent on paper but they just got a few more players who are aligned with the team. And obviously it obviously didn't really work out. Rodney Hill was a disaster. Jordan Clarkson really wasn't very good for Cleveland. But overall, it made them a better team than they were, I think. So I think that kind of thing's going to have to happen. I don't know who the, the potential trade assets are because of the way the salaries are, and there's so many guys just on minimums. There aren't very many tradable contracts where you're going to get decent players in return, the kind of, kind of players the Lakers will want to try and help them compete for a title. But I think they are a couple moves away, maybe some buyout guys. But I just have no idea what those moves are, and I think that makes quite scary times for the Lakers and Frank Vogel. But I think they're going to get better. But I struggle to see how this team at nine and nine is going to win a title. To be perfectly honest, as much as I love LeBron James.